Okay. All right. Welcome back to the Fitness in Philosophy podcast. Today, James and I are going to be discussing artificial intelligence and fitness part two. How are you doing today, James? I'm great. Homo deus. Deus. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I feel like, you know, I don't don't know if you feel this this way as well, but I feel like um, Microsoft and Google all got wind that uh, fitness and philosophy was going to be discussing artificial intelligence. So they decided to (laughs) make some of their biggest artificial intelligence announcements. Like we're we're right in the middle of like, I feel like this is 1983 with PCs and the Mac. I know. So for those who may not be familiar. Shaping the world. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, they may think the causality runs from what they're doing to what we're doing, but no, please runs in the opposite direction. Um, yeah. For those who may not know at the, uh, time of the recording of this podcast, the, uh, so obviously chat GPT has been out for a few months, but, uh, a few shots have been thrown across the bow that are going to relate to what we're talking about today. So Microsoft's and, uh, their search engine Bing have, somehow struck a deal with OpenAI, the company that has created ChatGPT and Dali to make search essentially more chat-like and use this engine behind it. And then, you know, Google in the uh, most uh, us too, us too kind of way, like afraid that OpenAI is going to eat their lunch uh, with search in the next decade. They have a new piece of software called uh, Bard that isn't quite open to the public yet, but it's supposed to be the we can do this too uh-huh. type thing. So yeah, here we go. The, yep, war, the go. force for AI begin. And uh, Apple, who you know I, I love in so many different ways, but is so massively comically behind and. In AI, they had a uh, they announced that they're having like an internal employee like AI summit this week. So like we're 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 in the thick of it. Yeah, we're in the thick of it. So. Yeah, I think about all the stuff we just don't hear about in all those decisions too. You know, I I wonder. You know, just take the idea that maybe maybe it was seven years ago where they had this ready to rock and roll. You know. And it just took this time to kind of like eh, move back and forth. And also everyone knew that they had this, you know, ready to rock and roll. But I was just trying to think of all the background stuff that's necessary before they kind of plunk it into a New York Times article that I get to read that <laughs> someone tried it out, you know, and they loved it because they use Edge as opposed to Chrome or something. And it's got this option and they go through it. I just think about all the you know, that goes against what you and I think in terms of us shaping the world and kind of inching things along. Um, yeah, I just wonder about those. We were still playing a causal role. It was just a time travel, like a, a reverse. It was tenet. Yeah. It was reverse causality. Yeah. Now, I, I've been wondering about that, too. Like, I, you have to think Google or whoever has, I don't know, spies or ears to the ground. Like, they had to know OpenAI existed. Yeah. Uh, was it just that, you know, they, I mean, chat GPT existed in previous incarnations. Was it just that this one, this most recent 3.5 was so good and it got taken up so quickly and the press around it? Like what? Yeah. But yeah, I, th- I think about that. Like they had, they had to have known something was going on. And was this just like 
the shot across the bow that no one was expecting or did that's they right. know that? That's Not right. Sure. Do you really think that seven years ago, some, you know, genius engineer in Google didn't go to the head office, be like, listen, I created this thing that could like answer all these questions and spit out all these things. And they're like, oh, it's, you know, it's, it's had to have been done. It's just yeah. like all the interworkings. That's why I always think about it when it comes to the front and comes to the public. Are we really seeing what the capabilities are of that thing? Or are they making like intricate decisions to say, we probably only should give them this relative to that's where I always start thinking, you know? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And it does yeah. attach to our topic today. It does yeah. attach to what we're going to discuss as well as like, which I wanted to keep bringing up with looking forward to the questions based upon fitness is, is coming back to who the designer is. Right. Like who's the designer and who's the, who's the person that is putting together those things to allow that thing to make the answers to kind of direct, you know, what you, what you should eat, what you should do for exercise, you know, and how do we determine that? Right. And I don't, know why i didn't think of this until just now when you said it but i mean that's one of the things i love about this podcast like literally as you were saying that you know so one of the things that's frustrating with a search engine is the multiple results but one of the benefits is the multiple results yes right? so now when you get chat gpt or something else and it's like this is the answer you know uh like a, a famous uh website within the health space it, it's kind of got a cheesy name but you know self-hacked but they have you know good research-based articles on different supplements and, and what have you. But anyway, that was an example of something that at one point had been kind of uh, filtered out of the Google search list result and, um, or downgraded. And they, um, you know, there are questions about like exposure to new information and different perspectives. So like the, the benefit, the, the seeming benefit going forward of something like a chat GPT is of course, well, now instead of waiting through 20 different links to find what I want, I get, the answer but now the flip side of that is like well, what other alternative perspectives were you missing as a result of that totally that's where uh that makes me think about when i uh just loosely describe the answer that has been there all this time because you know if people could jump quickly into that the idea around it meaning you know uh how is a how is a computer going to gain knowledge and how are they going to get the information from those data points between a user and the knowledge piece how are they like what are where are they actually going to look at and my point would be if you're only looking at people that are part of the performance or rehab paradigm process are you really going to get the answer as to what is best this is the yeah, to your point, you just picked that out. Is like, well, are we going to allow every every option in here, and and who decides what option? Are we going to throw in the idea of the uh, wonderfully described by you, uh, you know, walking in the sun and lifting rocks? Like, how, is that a part of the process inside the options? You know, is the answer? You know, and then we get into which I like you brought up the the. Uh, discrepancies really that need to be in place for the decisions made for nutrition right and the the uh you know what you call density you know i i see an exercise as variation you know i see i see both of them in the in the same area you know nutritional density versus variation and exercise and and what you do um so anyways 
good, good starter. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, figuring out like, I don't know, I don't know if you saw this thing, but we were discussing this yesterday at the, uh, the gym. And this is kind of an example of what may be going on with chat GPT and we'll, you know, get to this later as well. But uh, there's this thing circling around talking about how, you know, some study said that Lucky Charms is healthier than steak. Do you see this floating around? No. Okay. So it was kind of, a, it was a lesson in a few things. First of all, it wasn't a government back study saying Lucky Charms is better than steak. It was a, uh, a methodology for assessing the relative health of foods that was developed by Tufts that uh, a number of research agreed a number of researchers agreed generally did a good job. And then there was another researcher that was challenging this methodology of ranking. And they were saying, well, one exception you get out of this ranking is you can make lucky charms healthier than ground beef or steak or whatever it is. But, you know, to your point about uh, nutritional density and asking these, these questions like, and I was, I was bringing this up yesterday in the conversation, like it's one thing if you, uh, assess foods in terms of just purely their micronutrient content, but even that can get hairy. Yeah. Uh, but like, it's another thing when you start to talk about, well, you know, carbs are better and fat is bad. You know what I mean? Like when you start mm, to yeah. that way and you ask, yeah. you ask at GPT, like what's the healthiest food and, you know, wonder bread comes out above uh, ground beef or lucky charms or what have you. Yeah. Or even, uh, I think there's more interesting decisions in the closer uh decisions so let's say a wonder bread versus a sprouted wheat bread right so i i think that's more interesting because as i would agree with you that there's far more provocation inside of like the wonder bread versus meat right because both of them are really loaded in numerous different ways of emotions and politics and etc but i think the closer aspects i would i think is going to be very interesting to see what gets spit out you know, oh yeah, definitely. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, as, to use that as an example, what's not, what what won't be inside, I can guarantee you is a game plan for number one, the ideal proponent of what the carbohydrate is, and number two, a uh, a continuum that says, "Oh, you're here, go here." That's not going to be inside of it. Do you know what I'm saying? Why? Because that's way too much work. Like the person just wants the answer. They don't want, I don't want a storybook of like how to get healthier. You know, I want the answer. You know, so that's going to be an issue as well. Is the, is, or maybe am I picking up on something that maybe not inside the AI piece is the gradual, um, uh, the gradual, you know, progression skill progression and like progression towards an ideal that won't be inside the uh, computer's knowledge? I mean, conceptually, I don't see any reason why that couldn't be. I think you, as a prediction of what most of these companies will put out, it will be closer to that first option you described, where it's just like, give me the answer. Yeah. But maybe in, you know, the coaching paradigms, the coach X or whatever, you know, you know, if you, if you inject some sort of coaching or knowledge into the the system as well, then I don't see theoretically why you couldn't have a discussion about, well, Hey, if you're at lucky terms or if you're at wonder bread, let's go to sprouted bread and you know, yeah. So on. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it'll be uh yeah, it's a little tougher to sell. Right. You know, cause number one, as I said, you got to think you do have an ideal cause everyone's going to ask, Oh, this is where I'm starting. And I got to move to step two before I get to step eight. Yes. 
um, well, what is step eight? You know, oh, it's lettuce. Oh, well, I don't like lettuce. You know, it's like, it's like, oh gosh, you know? So I don't know. And, and, you know, definitely not, they're, they're not, they're not going to give lettuce as the answer. It's so vanilla. I can just imagine chat GPT just saying the word lettuce. <laughs> no other context. Let us. Let us. Um, but yeah, that it'll be super interesting. Like, uh, another example that's really close is, you know, take, uh, you know, take, uh, steak and boneless skinless chicken breast. Like there is no micronutrient density comparison. I can possibly think of where boneless skinless chicken breast comes out ahead. But when you introduce macronutrients into yeah. the mix and yeah. you believe that, you know, low fat or no fat is, you know, the end all be all. Well, then of yeah. course. Yeah. saturated fat is evil yeah then there you go. so that that's where it gets interesting about like what sort of yep. uh, system or things you can inject into the paradigm yeah yeah and you know are they going to allow for example the uh the uh i guess the nuanced conversation around a metaphorical continuum of of chicken you know it's like tyson <laughs> right. here you know it's like uh you know, and I use the. I hope you picked up on my word. Allow, right? It, yeah. Right, because if you allow that, the ideal to come up, where you know, let's just consider it. You know, hey, Senator, Chat GPT is telling six million people in Texas, you know, that uh, Tyson Chicken is like number two on the ideal list of nine of chickens. <laughs> it's like I don't know if we can have that. <laughs> so allowable you know information like that right yeah or chat gpt is saying you should you know get pasture-raised stuff from your local family farm and cut see, out the big yeah see maybe maybe this is the optimism that's inside of allowing the computer to uh raise obvious obvious uh like uncomfortable truths does the computer maybe jump over po politics maybe you know what i'm saying i mean this this is where it comes back to the designer but if the designer has a default saying like oh if someone in texas calls and asks about the continuum of chicken from two to eight <laughs> you know hey 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 jeff <laughs> i'm watching finch right now and he called his standing computer jeff I just I find that so funny. I actually paused when they came up with the decision. What what should they call you? <laughs> I'm sorry. I just found it so good how they came up with it. Do you remember this conversation with him at the oh. table? Oh my gosh. I won't go into it, but they came up with it with Jeff. <laughs> what should they call me? What should I call myself? And he was getting all excited. Uh, and he's like, we can, and, and Tom Hanks goes, we can call you Jack. And he goes, Jack is such a tool name. <laughs> this is what the computer said. So good. But see how it's so beautifully written, right? A computer recognized a Jack is a tool. Yeah. Oh, but a tool. Do you see that is human? Like no one wants to be called a tool, you know? He's like, how about William Shakespeare? <laughs> He's like, it's taken. It's been overused. Oh, anyways, sorry to get off track, but um, yeah, 
You know, I don't think Jeff is going to be allowed to create the continuum of saying, listen, there's these little chicks you can get, you know, and uh, you should think about growing them in your backyard and let them eat the insects and all these seeds and stuff, which is not too high of a cost. And the yield for calories actually makes a lot more sense if you do have the time to take care of them and you have a shotgun to keep away all the animals that want to kill them, um, you know. So I don't think that's going to be inside the information. <clears throat> I don't think so either. You know, probably, probably not. But it comes, you know, it, it allows us, you and I still to be a part of that project of what is the ideal still. Maybe this is inside of this, you know, you know, meaning like, do you know what I'm saying? Like by you and I discussing what is going to be the outcomes if a computer decides what the best information is for vitality you know, at least you and I get to regurgitate this concept of what is the ideal. Am I making right. sense? You know, yeah. at least, at least asking the question. Yeah. And, uh, you know, do different, uh, you know, I assume people who are listening have heard the term net neutrality before. It's, it's the idea that, you know, internet service providers should allow data traffic. They shouldn't favor certain data traffic over others. So, uh, I wonder the extent to which, you know, with your question, I wonder the extent to which, you know, will uh, if OPEX headquarters wants to license chat GPT, but for the purpose of answering things according to, do you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the rubric that, that you have, or like, is it just going to be, there's one, there's one, uh, you know, central bulb of intelligence through yeah. whichever, you know what I mean? So like, yeah. It, I wonder the extent to which these different uh, platforms will be enabled by different, you know, maybe corporate entities, you know, to do the same thing that ChatGPT does, but in different kind of niches, or if there's going to be like one singular entity, like a Google that everyone refers to for their answers, where you get much more filtered and banal and anodyne type answers. Yep. Yep. Well, the CoachRx will be that, you know, in the future. Um, you know, and, you know, whether we like it or not, meaning whether you like it or I like it, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, uh, I would love to say that, you know, as an example of two different highways, one highway is that, uh, you know, Coacherex still stays a, let's call it a, uh, uh, you know, sufficient tech for helping coaches help clients. You know, we that's one highway and we keep coaching coaches, right? And education and uh, own the knowledge that you got to pay for. You can only get here. Um, or, you know, we could be realistic, you know, meaning the other highway is Coach Rx turns into the only coach. Uh, you know, there's only one coach. That's Coach Rx, you know, um, where there is a designer and the designer is all the clients, all the CCP coaches and all the CCPs, you know, that, that gives people the opportunity to just like open up an app, i.e. a computer and the computer just says what to do because it's based on, you know, what we believe most people should do. Right. So we are the designer of the ideal. Right. But in that, again, I'll just repeat because it's uncomfortable for a lot. It doesn't involve a fitness coach. Right. It's just right. a human out there who opens up Coach RX and now has guidance. Yeah. So it's And they're like walking again and lifting rocks again. And then it's just like <laughs> for the next 60 years. Come on. 
you know that Carl and Steve are going to make it a lot more exciting than that. Come on. I'm not yeah, in control like, of that output. Like I'm, I'm, I'm paying for this. <laughs> just every yeah. other day, I just keep saying that's the, that's the elite beta version that you pay a thousand bucks a month directly to my, my, uh, my account. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, lift a different rock. Tuesday, <laughs> Thursday, Saturday, walk. go find it. <laughs> Try to lift a car. That's my, that's going to be the big variation on yeah. Reddit Reddit forums. That will be the big variation of the cult following of that. Um, cars on Primal. Basically. That's, I got to call it something like that. Yeah. Um, quick things up front, guys, before we get into it. Uh, if you guys like the podcast, give us a review. Tell a friend. Spread the, uh, spread the knowledge. We'd love to have uh, additional listeners listening in, joining the conversation. Um, we have new t-shirts out. Um, mine are not here yet. They're on order. We've got think freely and move freely. And then we have virtue comma action. Favorite t-shirt by far. Now I, I did say that after the, uh, the e-bike one, but, uh, man, I was, I was thinking about that on the way home. Like what a, what a what a powerful statement to have on a t-shirt. I'm just excited about all the questions I'm going to get based upon it. You know, um, I uh, attend um, uh, this conversation really on multiple different civ civic civic education topics at the Center for American Institutions at the Arizona State University. The most recent one we talked about was the uh, was questions around the Second Amendment. Um, to give you an example as to like who would be there to be interested in that kind of conversation. So they get people to come in, you know, from legal scholars to professionals to people that hold specific opinions on on the topic, right. et cetera. Anyways, and I wear my like sponsored by broccoli, <laughs> pickleball definition t-shirt, you know, <laughs> live the golden rule, right? Which in that audience, they really like that one, but it always gets some good. So when the virtue come action, man. It's going to get a lot of conversations. So I'm looking forward to uh, going back to those meetings with that shirt on. Yeah. yeah, it's a good one. It made me think, I mean, even though we didn't design it this way, I guess maybe a future one we could design too. But like in Aristotle's view, like if you drew an arrow from action back to virtue, it's like a it's like a loop. Man, well, thank you. Because that just, uh, um, yeah, that just added to the conversation to these people as to how they would probably discuss an improvement in, in the comma action, <clears throat> but we didn't put a period. That's what I'll say. You know, that's, that's true. And we, we, we shouldn't you know? have, I mean, yeah, the ultimate, uh, the ultimate movie for Aristotelian ethics is uh, groundhog day. Keep repeating the same action to become virtuous. Yep. Which has been on the, the talk lately because of uh, the more recent date and uh, the uh, groundhog, you right. know, uh, we're going to have an ex, Based upon what they we're gonna have an extra six weeks, right? Of winter, based upon this previous this year. I didn't see what this year was predicting, I but think it was. Uh, yeah. So an extra six weeks. What's yeah? What's the epistemology of looking at the groundhog to determine the? Uh... Maybe maybe, uh, maybe there is some mechanism. That we didn't even ask that, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's uh. Pug to Tony Phil, pug to Tony Phil, what? Yeah, yeah, pug to Tony Phil, like pug to Tony Phil. Where in the uh? The BS hierarchy of like uh, astrology, fortune telling. <laughs> where, where, where is this? Where is this? Yeah, I don't it's know. It's halfway I'm... between astrology and astronomy. <laughs> <Yeah>. Somewhere. <laughs> the, middle. the shadow? Shadow? Sure. 
How does the groundhog perceive a shadow? How yes. does the groundhog perceive? What is a groundhog? You know, it, uh... why are you guys wearing top hats when you pull them out of the ground? <laughs> what is what what is going on here? Uh, oh, but it does give us a second uh, pause to uh, to tell everyone to go and watch the. Uh... Because at the time, I, I listened to a number of people talk about this the past couple of weeks. And then I just kept remembering that at the time, um, it wasn't a, it wasn't a, a ground shaking film. You know, it wasn't, a, you know, it wasn't set up to be as such a cult following as to what it is. Yeah. At the time, you know, when, yeah. it, when it came out, which is interesting, right? Yeah. I find that fairly interesting. But now, I mean, you go back and look at it. I mean, there's so many, you know, indirect, you know, genius interpretations you could pull from it, you know, uh, which is just, it's just legendary now. I mean, it's at the point of like really high level of, uh... so anyways, just tell people to go and watch it if you haven't seen it. Yeah, I literally, I had never seen it until it was uh, spring of 2008 and I was, was it? Yeah, it was spring of 2009. I was TAing for Morality and Modernity, which is based on uh, Alistair McIntyre's mm. work. And that part of the that was like assigned to the students as the movie to watch. And uh, yeah, about cultivating virtue. And I was like, well, never would have thought of that. I mean, just such a yeah, super right? action. Yeah, I just thought as well. It's uh, one of those, could it be under the classification of one of those films that we can't really spoil? Like, even if you knew the exact premise, it's still beneficial in watching as to how, quote unquote, virtues or ideas are developed yeah. through repetition, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those. Yeah, I mean, you're you're hit with it right off the bat. I mean, the guy relives the same day over and over again, but you're right, that doesn't spoil what the journey is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of film, uh, which is not connected to AI, um, or have you been watching uh, The Last of Us? Uh, I haven't yet, but I've heard it's really good. Okay, yeah, yeah, for sure. It is uh, It is interesting, for sure. Anyways, we'll come back to that maybe once you, uh, once you get a bunch of the shows in. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, uh, I, have, I had a bunch of people tell me that it's, it's worth watching. Yeah. Um, I did watch White Lotus, which is weird. So I haven't seen stuff. that, so maybe, uh, maybe, yeah, maybe I can watch that. You can watch Last of Us, and we can come together on some ideas based on it. Yeah, yeah. that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I got to. Uh, I heard it's a bit more. Yeah, horror is not quite my shtick, but uh, I'll I'll see if I can. Yeah, Last of fairly, Us a bit more. Yeah, it's fairly interesting. Well, I find it more interesting. Again today, I don't know why it seems like there has to be a cultural war concept going into all films now today it's like oh what's the deepest meaning behind you know what they're doing in there right which i'm sure you probably felt in white lotus as well right yeah, it's yeah. like they throw out stuff as if to say huh you know talk about this talk about this you know um it, you, i mean you could still you know on that point you could still have a good film and still you know not necessarily have intentions of like screaming out you know we want to discuss this you know Anyways, I just find that funny. It's there's like five different routes that people are talking about. Last of Us, it's crazy uh, as to how it came out to be something you know charged in terms of a cultural war idea, right? As if, as if to, uh, sorry, this is a giveaway a little bit. Uh, uh, two or sorry, one man that's a uh, survivalist, 
not a prepper, a survivalist, uh, uh, you know, recounts all this uh, loneliness and this deep down thoughts around loving another man. And then another man shows up on his property who's also just like out of the woods, came out of nowhere into his life that uh, he uh, takes care of, et cetera. And all of a sudden now this is like provocative, right? That two, that two men are, are in love, you know? Uh, it's crazy. 2023 that we're we're having five different articles written in major newspapers on uh, the concept. Well, what are the intentions behind a survivalist, you know, turning into a a gay man who who falls in love with another, just lands on his doorstep? It's like, I don't know. The fact that it could happen. <laughs> How about that? You know, right. uh, I don't know. You're lonely. You've been around. You've been around no one for five years. <laughs> you've been on your own. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, sorry to go into that. I get that little bit of a giveaway, but you, I want you now I get, now I'm happy because you get to see the intentions going in. Cause to a lot of people, I think the third episode, it is, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of like one. striking. It's kind of like, Oh, ugh, you know? Yeah. No, I heard that one. I heard that episode was really good. And yeah, of course, leave it to the internet in 2023 to, uh, take something that is not problematic at all and make it problematic. But, um, I, uh, I have to send, I'll, I'll send you after the, uh, after we finished recording today, there was, uh, Pedro Pascal was, uh, he hosted SNL and they did like a, uh, a last of us send up with Mario Kart <laughs> <laughs> where, where Pedro Pascal plays Mario. It's so well done. I showed oh, it I bet. That's why I was laughing. I was like, that is fantastic. It's, it's, oh, it's man. I'll send it to you. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. I can, I can picture that being really well done. Yeah, they did a really good job with it. Um, all right, so I'll I'll make my way a little bit uh, more quickly today through the artificial intelligence and philosophy since we discussed that last time. Just give basic headlines, and then we'll go into uh, artificial intelligence and fitness and some of the newer questions we're going to discuss today. So, just a quick recap: uh, What is artificial intelligence? It's the theory and development of computer systems able to perform tasks that normally require human intelligence, such as visual perception speech recognition, decision-making, and translation between languages. Um, artificial intelligence has a deep connection with philosophy. Logic is the basis, like logic trees and probability trees are kind of the basis for artificial intelligence. Um, so, and it's also deeply connected with questions about human consciousness, human nature, what makes us different from animals, what makes us different from computers. Um, and just to kind of mix the Turing test and the Chinese wall thing or the, the, yeah, Chinese room experiment together, uh, because it's really, it, it's kind of, it's, it's a similar type question. Basically the question is for AI, the, the thing that all AI has, AI has been aimed at is, you know, imagine, let's just take the Turing test example. Imagine you have someone behind a wall and they are corresponding, could be via voice, could be via text, you know, typing, whatever modality you want. Um, and on the other side is either a computer or a human. And passing the Turing test is getting to the point where the human on the one side who's conversing with whatever's on the other side cannot tell the difference operationally. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's no set amount of time for like, well, does it have to take 500 questions or five years or what have you? But the the theoretical idea is you get to some point where you can't tell the difference between the two. And, um, 
you know, you and I discussed last time, you know, people are starting to think about like, how do we move beyond the Turing test and what other questions are there? Uh, but it's kind of crazy to think from like the inception of the Turing test, which was what, 70, 60, 70 years ago, something like that. Like right at the point where like maybe this like chat GPT is honing in, mm-hmm. it, it's honing in on it. So yeah. it's not quite there, but it's, it's honing in. Yeah. Um, so AI in the past, um, yeah. So the the Turing test, Alan Turing, father of modern computing. That's you know that's kind of where this all comes from. Uh, as I mentioned last time, philosophers, including Descartes, have been thinking about like to what extent could robots or automatons achieve something similar to human cognition. Today, uh, we've got things like Dali and uh, ChatGPT, both of which are currently made by OpenAI. Um, and what makes these, and, you know, James, if you have other thoughts or ideas on what makes these revolutionary, let me know. But it seems to be that the two things that are really revolutionary are one, the uh, being able to speak plain text English into the query. And then two, um, well, I guess a third thing. So two would be getting back like a single response, like a single human like response, either like a picture or a type thing, um, you know, in real time with like a single answer as opposed to 10 links. And then three is the conversation aspect. So like currently, if you look up a Google link, it's not like uh, make these simpler or make these more direct. Now, you know, uh, my brother, uh, he was showing me some stuff with some med school stuff for his boards and is like, uh, you know, put all these different uh, bacteria into a chart, Uh, explain the mechanism by which these work. Now explain it to a fifth grader. Now put it in a hundred words. So you can really kind of whittle down and almost have a conversation. Yeah. Uh, I would agree that that's the third, the the third arm there. I would agree is the, uh, is the rebel to use your word revolutionary concept because the second point it used to be right. It's a human like answer back. Right, like, oh wow, they I asked for uh umbrellas and uh the search engine took like point zero 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 three seconds to give me a million umbrella pictures back, you know. So it's human like in its answer. And then I think it's yeah, it's the conversation and the 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 subset characteristics of that conversation back that's like, uh, that's far more that's far more personal than a million umbrellas. Right. You know, it's like really, really tight. Um, and now we're into that gray zone uh, of that was that was so human like. Is it human? Is it human ish? <laughs> you know, uh, and that that that's what I meant. The gray zone is like, well, geez, you know, and that's where you start taking all the steps now of saying if it's capable of doing these human things, conversation answers output you know you know what 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 moves it over into it's turning into you know it loving or it being loved right <laughs> now we're into like, well now we're into uncomfort uncomfort yeah yeah no definitely and um what if, what if it's all just a i mean it could be a ruse in multiple different ways but what if it's just like the 1950s telephone operators and it's literally just a human behind all these Listen, responses there's no one on. there's no one on this planet that likes it more that you went that direction with this <laughs> than me 
just a million different humans just typing these answers. It's just. This is just strings or monkeys hopping on typewriters. <laughs> New T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> you and me, you and me, like you know, with these pictures of us really thinking hard, like we're making an impact. And up above is just like, yeah, well, like that. The the and it looks like the monkey they used to clap the. Yeah. The, right. Ding ding ding. You know. Which is, it scares me a little bit. I have nightmares about that monkey. I don't know. Wh- where did that monkey show up? In what horror film? I'm not sure. I know it's in the, like the Phantom of the Opera movie. I remember it being in that, like the the clapping. Yeah, it's not that one. Uh, gosh, anyways, that monkey shows up in a film and I get a little eight-year-old scared. <clears throat> well, then we should definitely make a t-shirt. And then the, uh, and I mean... The famous philosophy example that actually ties right into this about intelligent design and other things, and we could have this in the t-shirt. So it's you hopping on your typewriter with the monkey clap and me hopping on my typewriter with the monkey clap. And then below it is we protect, we've produced the collective works of Shakespeare without a single type. Yeah, typo. nothing, nothing. Just, just the banging of instruments. <laughs> Hamlet. Yeah. <laughs> From us just dancing on the. <laughs> it was like to bring back Finch, uh, the. The computer, the, the Jeff was uh, woke Tom Hanks up because he was barking at the dog who was barking at him. And within like, I don't know, 30 barks or 40 barks, he was capable of understanding through the phonetics and the sound what the dog was trying to say to him. And yet the stupid human, which was perfect inside of it, you got to read between the lines here. Hanks was like, there's no way you can understand what he's talking about. And Jeff just simply ends the conversation with, he doesn't like me. <laughs> How beautiful, right? But that's the it's, it's the perfect monkey. Like, it's like, yeah, it's all understandable. You just got to listen really carefully, right? And below it is just some simplicity, truth. It's like he doesn't like you. It's so simple. Nothing, nothing different about not complex. it. Complex. Yeah, not that complex. I've never seen that. I'll have to watch that movie at some point. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, uh, I'll, I'll preempt it by saying just that, well, uh, I'm assuming you you are that particular, you are that particular to that. You're picking up on those things. So I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah, it sounds good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we, we really are. Again, for better or worse, I'm sure, you know, people at the dawn of uh, personal computers had similar thoughts and you know we're like but i would say right now you know 2023 is going to be not too far off from 1983 although the main thing is uh the rapidity yeah things that are happening and the uh the extent to which they can change society and the nature of work and you know yeah siri siri was 2011 and yeah siri was like, eh, interesting yeah. you know cool little circus yeah. tricks and stuff like that but this is this is a whole order of magnitude different. yeah so you bring up a couple of points there i think we should uh speak to our uh um our listeners uh about this uh come around everyone um is uh yeah that I mean you know comparative to you know let's take a timeline between you know 1500 and uh 1998 you know, and just think about technological advancement, digital technological advancement in that period, right? And then go 1998 to 2023, 
and then just draw whatever you think is the improvement on that curve. It's, it's, it's without doubt, it's like a ridiculous, you know, whether it's, what is it Wolf's law or the, you know, this uh, continuum of going, you know, really, really high. So that brings up also the question that you just made there. There are some things that have happened in our perceptions of this growth, right? That would make one consider uh, the fact that a winter may occur, right? Because there are people that discuss this. I think Robbie uh, Soab, I think his name is. He's he's a he's on the rising with uh, it's on the hill, uh, the hill uh, show or the, the the hill. He's on a show called The Rising. Anyways, he wrote this book called Tech Panic, where he talks about that as to you know what can occur with regards to this technological a tech winter would mean that to your point things come up like this we're like Siri oh it's just like going to be a game changer and then there's like 37 other things that come up like that in these periods and we still think this curve is like this but really we're just going to end up you know we we haven't really ended up doing anything really monstrous monstrous in it so it goes to this really lag period you know, where just to give you some timelines from 2027 to 2095, it was just, it was just Siri. <laughs> that was the, that was the biggest accomplishment. Oh, so you got a computer talking back to you. <laughs> Yay. Yay. <laughs> Monkeys. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? So he brings up this, this point that you know, we have no, but you we have to include in this conversation just because it's 2023 and we're looking at 2005 and we're like, oh, man, it's all up and up like we're going to we're going to capture, you know, uh, Neuralink connected to changing how people walk after brain injury by 2030. You know what I'm saying? We all we make those mistakes. We make these big yeah. jumps in it. So. Yeah, and I mean, I'd, I'd be lying if I said there wasn't a a decent part of me that's kind of wishing for that side of it to be true. And, you know, I always wonder like the extent to which other people in other times thought about the rapidity of their own change and is it all yes. disruptive, but I, but I, I, you know, I, there is something a bit more hockey stick. Oh, no uh, doubt. You know, 1900, no 2000, doubt. that, that, that type of stuff. But yeah, I mean, there is part of me that, because uh, I, I think, and we've discussed this before, I think there's a certain amount you know, we're always pushing the limits of human understanding, but like, there's a, there's a finite capability of humans to like absorb the rapidity. Like it's, it's like, it's too much too soon. So like having and a bit of absorption. And that's the argument though. That's the argument for the flat line after the, the hockey stick jump. Right. Yeah. Is that it's just like, it, it, it spins and it spins and it's like, yeah, this is progression. It's just repetitive. And then it just goes, you know, um, anyways, that's a, thank you for entertaining my thoughts on, on that. No, that's a great point. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, assuming, uh, we're all still around in 10 years, I guess we'll, we'll see if, uh, chat GPT is, uh, one, I'm not going to necessarily ruin anything about Westworld here, but like one gigantic orb that controls, uh, all <laughs> of humanity in one, <laughs> you know, thing or not, but, uh, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll see. Either it'll, it'll either be the Siri of its time or uh, it will be the singularity. Yep. One or the other. No, no in between whatsoever. Nope. 
you know, you can't play music on a T-shirt, but if we were to make the um, the monkeys clapping with the typewriters, I the music I would set that to is the Kirby enthusiasm. Do 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 Just kind of the if 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 Folly had a theme song. Uh huh. Yeah, I think it'd be easy to set up too. Maybe there's a QR code so someone can scan it on their phone and it yeah. plays the song as they're watching your uh, <laughs> looking at your shirt. You go into one of these uh, these meetings for the Second Amendment. Yeah. And... yeah. And is that all that's on the shirt is the QR code. Right. Yeah. And we'll see if we can uh, maybe, maybe at one point T Public will be able to do one of these uh, Westworld shirts where it, you know, we, we talked about previously where it, it uh, tells your true emotions about mm. things. Before yeah. you even before you even consciously are aware. I mean, uh, I was just uh, uh, fascinated again by this book that I'm reading called Autonomous Knowledge that was indirectly recommended to you. And I, I'm always fascinated with how philosophers come up with these great kind of vanilla theoretical experiments that that uh, and the, the way they call it and the way they name it. I mean, it's just classic, you know, how philosophy does that to the point what you were just discussing there. Um, there, and I'm asking you this, there must be numerous, you know, current books on ethics and virtue and, and what with Westworld as of like a base support of the conversation, it's gotta be like where they pull in culture and they, yeah. cause this one discusses the matrix, right. And right. it comes up with this, uh, experiment called true temp, uh, Mr. True temp. I'm not sure if you remember this experiment for epistemic knowledge. Anyways, um, I, I just wanted to. Uh, make that point that uh, if anyone wants to go into some readings where some of these things in Westworld and all the the uh, ethical considerations of it, uh, it's probably you're probably going to find it in some philosophy text. Oh yeah, and it's I mean that was also one of the ways I could tell I was uh, getting older when I was when I was teaching is like when I would reference like my all time favorite movie The Matrix and the uh, the students who at that point were I don't know born in. 1992 or whatever it was i forget the exact year but uh they're like what who and then uh inception that that would that would do it and then inception became too old harry potter uh not for quite science fiction but yeah Mm. it's it's interesting like the uh i think westworld and tenet would be kind of the ones today yeah um in terms of the 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 future which is going to really relate to what we're talking about today you know the truth that we need to say at the outset, we don't know. We don't know what ChatGPT is going to be capable of. We don't know what AI is going to be capable of, but it's going to be interesting to discuss. But, yeah. you know, the, the the big questions here are, you know, could we ever get to a point like Westworld where, you know, humanoid robots can pass the Turing test and are essentially indistinguishable on the surface from other humans, kind of like a, a Terminator situation. And then another one that is um, famous in philosophy is this conceptual possibility question versus are we just not there yet? So, you know, with regard to human consciousness and AI, philosophers have been asking for a long time, like, is it just that we're, the technology isn't there yet? Or is it conceptually impossible that a, you know, logic machine could produce human consciousness and critical thinking? And I don't know that anyone really knows the answer to that. I mean, uh, Sam Altman, I saw him on a, this is the CEO of OpenAI. He was on an interview and he was like, you know, I think it takes a great degree of uh, arrogance to think that, you know, humans are somehow uh, unique and a computer couldn't do this stuff. And then 
well, maybe, maybe back in reverse right back at you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't yeah. know the answer to that one, but it's, it's interesting. So, yeah. And there is, there's lots of discussion on that. I mean, it's, it's endless uh, conferences and, and uh, everyone talking around the exact same area. And there's a cottage industry now, you know, of think tanks on this particular stuff for good reason. You know, uh, the, uh, the downstream effect of, as I call them, the serious situations inside these conversations like war um, or um, deep fake, right. With regards to political conversation, uh, you know? Uh, so, so I think, I think those are, it's, it's, it's it's good that we don't have the answer to that yet because it's it's requiring us to really figure out if we push that system to its max, i.e. the computer can do all these things. We're go we're gonna have to weigh out all the positive things that could occur from it. Just think about the positive angle of you know uh, that I uh, just try to give the avatar of the lonely older person on a on a fixed income who now has a monstrosity of support for the next 20 years from 75 to 95 uh by what was the what was the robot's name in the jetsons uh rosie rosie so maybe it's ricky you know yeah. but ricky the robot is like you know and because we we can we can comprehend at this point in time how much help and support it's going to be and i just give that example of like that is the reason why we need to still have these think tanks and all this conversation and that those challenges between where it can land, because we don't want to give up the idea that it can be extremely helpful to to um, you know to civilization and humanity, uh, extremely helpful. Um, but inside that same conversation, you know, it could also be uh, very destructive. Right. Yeah. And, um, and I think that's where we land in our conversation mainly is the destructive aspects possibly of making people uh, lazier, you know, or making people making making life seem more simple, you know, and uh, and by meaning that like, it, you know, the, the computer is going to do your workout. The computer is going to tell you what food to eat. The computer is like. <laughs> right. That, uh, is that fitter? Is that more vital? Uh, yeah. 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 It's, it's yeah. It's hard to. I mean, yeah. It's exactly like you said with any new technology. There's always this stuff. It's like, on the one hand, there are the people asking, "Well, is sitting for eight hours a day in a long haul truck human flourishing?" You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And that you know, people who fall asleep at the wheel and crashes and stuff like that. And then on the flip side, you have people whose livelihood. That's right. It, it depends on that, and um, you know, it's it's a lot safer if yeah. if you don't have that but what about people's livelihood and you know yeah. there are, there are going to be certain questions that we can try to address before this all takes place and then there are certain ones that just we won't be able to see or even answer until the change has taken place at which point you know you just got to do the best you can in the moment yep. to try and try and correct it yeah you just hit on one of the three areas that i remember uh andrew yang talking about that with his uh push to at least have more conversations on the outcomes of this automation um it was uh retail which doesn't doesn't you know i think we have a little bit more uh empathy for the truck driver you know but uh, for retail i mean some people you know are in a real shit end job in a mall for eight hours a day um and hating it but they gotta you know it's eight hours of work you know 
Uh, so that's going to move. And if you don't think retail is a big thing that can be automated, you need to do your research. Uh, the other thing is fast food. You yeah. know, that's something that McDonald's has been playing with for the past couple of years and seeing massive benefits actually to their bottom line um, because of those moves of uh, taking quote unquote human staff away from some of the processing, but allowing it to continue uh, to, uh, to produce, you know, that particular product, but there's less humans in the process. So it's a uh, transport retail and fast food are the main three areas that we kind of just like wash. It's like, Oh, no big deal. Th that's millions and millions of employed individuals, depending upon this speed of automation that we do have to take into consideration for that. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's the other relevant concern is like, you know, as opposed to maybe say, and, you know, I'm sure this was a thing too, but like telephone operators, yeah. You know, what, what was the delta on like when that was going down versus like when it crashed in flames? Was it like, yeah. I, I don't even know historically, but maybe it was, yeah. I'm just going to make a pull a number out of my ass 10 yeah. years say, yeah. Yeah. versus like, and I don't think it would be like a year for long haul trucking or retail, but you know what I mean? Like the, the rapidity with which that yes. could take. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I like that conversation because it made me think about, yeah, because uh, I'm always hesitant for the people who, for the individuals who come up with those examples where, you know, uh, they'll quickly just say for short order, um, you know, well, those people found other jobs or they were able to produce other things because this new technology led to this and et cetera. Right. And to your point, yeah, that, that took like 40 years though, you know, to transition that out. So we, we just, we just, uh, we just don't take that into consideration, like the current times. And again, to your point, the hockey stick, right? We're in a hockey stick time. We're not in a, we're not in a lull with regards to those changes that occurred, like for Xerox changes, you know, Xerox copy changes, et cetera. So, right. Yeah. I mean, jobs throughout history have been, you know, eliminated with new technology, but again, just like we were saying, like the, the rapidity with which it's taking and then the societal disruption of like, well, at least in America, like your health insurance is tied to your work. And if you don't have, you know, health insurance and like, how do you take care of your, you know, feed your kids and, you know, provide them medical care. And so, yeah, it, it gets, it gets tricky. Yep. So with regard to uh, AI and, and fitness and, you know, chat GPT is just kind of the most prominent example today, but you could, we could use others. And it's an interesting question, you know, in terms of that loss of like different perspectives from the different links from Google, it'd be interesting to see in the future, will there be the, um, the answer that chat GPT gives you, the answer that uh, Google gives you, the answer that Apple gives you, like, will those, differ but you know we're just using that as the stand-in um and again while we can't predict what's going to happen in the future i think this is you know we can still have a discussion around like what the implications are for the health and fitness industry so kind of going back to what we discussed a little bit earlier one question you could ask here is will chat gpt or ai just be a quicker way of regurgitating health and fit fitness information that's faulty or problematic so imagine asking the following questions to either google or chat gpt uh which by the way i tried to uh I've signed up for Dolly, but they said chat GPT is overrun. So I couldn't even, I was going to log in to actually see what the answers were, but okay. to see what it would have said, but what's the best fitness routine? Uh, while I can't index it to you right now, you can imagine in the future, what is the best fitness routine for me? And then those being based on biometrics. And then the question of, well, should it be based on biometric biometrics? Mm -hmm. uh, what's the best uh, diet? Will it just regurgitate some version of the food pyramid or whatever, or whatever the national food policy at the time is at the time? I think those questions, I I tend to think along the lines of like, this is going to be a quicker way of getting still 
semi-problematic information that you're going to need to critically think through. Like this, this is not going to solve the, uh, the, the coach problem or the critical thinking problem. So th those are my initial thoughts there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, again, it's going, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be, I think asking the question, where does the computer get the information? Yeah. Right. Where does the computer get the knowledge of that? I'll just give you a, a point of reflection on this. Uh, Carl and Steve uh, on our side have been playing with this for a while, right? Because, you know, it's very important to a, to a, a technologically based company that is in that game. We are in that game, you know, whether we like it or not. Communication between people on a specific app or, or et cetera, you're in that game. So we need to know these things, right? So Carl um, asks uh, the computer to, uh, to you know, if uh, write up a five, a competitive fitness competition with five events that James Fitzgerald uh, this is not on my request that James Fitzgerald would put together, right? Uh, and you would be floored along with everyone to see what quote unquote chat GPT came up with in that answer. Um, now, the my point being is that the computer, i.e. this case chat GPT, or you'd have to ask Carl, I think the derivative of it or you know whatever he's using for it, um, we can only tell based upon the answers that it given that the, the first quote unquote event uh, and the third and fourth event, I think, came from the computer's ability to scour the internet based upon how my name is connected to fitness competitions. Do you see that? So there was one event there that, I mean, it was basically right out of the optathlon. Okay. What we have been known for, for like, you know, what my name and OPT and big dogs, you know, what we were known for, it's like, it just like wrote it out. Now the computer wrote this out, right. With semicolons rounds for time, et cetera. So I'm just giving you, uh, just giving you and everyone again, that, that pause to say, it's still going to be intricate to see even back to the question where Lisa's like, what is the best fitness routine for me? The computer has to figure out somehow, you know, who Lisa is. Like there's got to be something that you've quote unquote given up. That's where I that's where I spend my time thinking is like, how will the computer find all that information from Lisa that's gonna give the give Lisa the right answer? Yeah, that's yeah. You know, so anyways, uh yeah, and sure I mean that, all Oh, no, that, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, and a lot of the stuff that at least today, the way that would work is it would be quantitative data as opposed to the the qualitative kind of subjective data that you might get in like a, a conversation, yes. a consult. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I initially thought you were going to say it was just five different instances of a 60 minute map, map 10 bike. <laughs> I, thought that, I thought that's what it was going to be. But but... That goes to show you how uh you know again it it does i mean it sounds humorous but that's a good reflection on you know it's it's not going to give it's going to give whatever the computer has access to for the information right you know what i mean so that's yeah yeah I, that that's where i would really be interested i mean maybe carl has run this before but i i would be interested like if, if you just ask what is the best fitness routine what what does it say because i mean james Fitzgerald, i mean it's what does it say uh, i think it was a resistance train like a bodybuilding split 
gave them right. back in a week. And we assumed that was because ChatGPT knew who was asking the question. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So they would just, they would quickly take, you know, three seconds to research all of Carl's programs. Okay. Which is very easily accessible and it would be a, a tremendous amount of weight. <laughs> okay. And resistance. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So like spitting out what it already kind of knows or has surveyed. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So it's, see, it depends if it's, is it Lisa or is it Carl? Right. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. And then again, like even on the best interpretation going forward, at least as far as we can tell for the foreseeable future, those those metrics with which it could distinguish between people are going to be those, you know, HRV, heart rates, you know, calories on the Apple Watch, all, all these things that you we've talked about le- lower order. You uh, got it. But the, it's because there's it just keeps people into the system. Yeah. Well, this is specialized. This is very personal for you because you average 67 beats per minute between 9 and 12 a.m., you know. Right. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see again. I, I kind of wish I had been able to do this, but like, what is the best diet? Um, yeah. You know, and it, is it, it just, is it, is the difference here just going to be that instead of 10 links of the USDA, USDA food pyramid or WebMD, it's just saying, well, heart healthy whole grains and minimize processed foods. And, you know, I, I, I think it is just some quicker version of that currently. Yeah. Currently at least. Yeah, no, but you ask a great, great question there. Um, and again, I come back to it, especially for, um, again, the political, the political stance on behalf of where the information is coming from and what allowances do you have, right? What allowances do you have? So, cause it does, it does pump up against some of the things you mentioned there, uh, vegan, um, you know, processed foods, you know, GMO, um, water clean, cleanliness, you know, it does bring up a bunch of things, you know, that, uh, you know, are we going to, is whoever the purveyors are of this information going to allow that to happen? You know, the conversation on, well, we do recommend some kind of meat protein, you know, it's like, and then there's a clear cut line, right? But we mean four ounces a week. That's, I remember, there was some, there was some study or something that like, Okay. I think for like environmentally friendly one, it was like a year ago, but yeah, just, okay. just, just as an example of something like that. that yeah, yeah, for sure. It's like, yeah. well, who decided upon that? You know, and what, oh, it's the computer. You know, well, who's, who's, you know, where did the computer get that information? Right. Oh, from data. Well, maybe that's not all the data. Right. It's a, and then, I mean, connected with that, I mean, not not just the corporations themselves, whether it's, you know, Google or OpenAI or what have you, but like... Or CoachRx. Um, CoachRx, right. Um, we'll soon be in that conversation of OpenAI and yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, it'd be uh, not to take you off your line of thinking there, but yeah, I mean, remember, that's what you have to remember is that a co- when, when CoachRx gets to that point, um, there is going to be our recommendations in it. Right. You know what I'm saying we're not going to be like, oh, you you like CrossFit? Oh, then definitely on Wednesdays you should do that. No, Coach RX is not going to say that. Do you see that? So it's it's the designer and what's inside of who decides what is quote unquote best for people, right? And where they start and the progression of that. Um, that's where Coach RX hopefully will help humankind. Right. So it's, yeah, it's not just the, uh, I mean, it's, it's the designer, but it's not just the companies. It's also 
at least currently, you know, the U.S. is kind of the the tech leader in a lot of this stuff. But you know, national food policy. You know, yeah. what's what's China's national food policy? What's what's Russia's national? You know what I mean? Like all these different national food policies. Like Google doesn't have a food policy. Yeah, Open AI right. doesn't have a food policy. It's it's the national food policy of the U.S. And in order as tech companies yeah. to operate within the U.S., um, you know, you 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 get this thing. And another thing that I'm I'm looking to see if I had mentioned this down below. I don't think I had. Uh, and this this is relevant, I think, as well that we've mentioned before, um, you know, in in um, fitness and progress and other things, unlike questions that you could ask about the nature of quantum mechanics or abstract mathematics or astronomy or Egyptology, where we've we've made all these different types of progress, you know, throughout history, as as you've argued pretty forcefully for repeatedly, health and fitness, the basics of health and fitness have been our birthright without any need for a computer or any way to access that info uh, for as long as humans have existed. So now, you know, unlike those other things where it, it is useful to, oh yes, explain uh, quantum superposition in a hundred words in a way that's understandable to a fifth grader yeah. um, versus something that should be your birthright and just part of how you operate is now being um you know it's got a gatekeeper so yeah interesting to think about yeah man lots to think about um another question here that's that's related to the first one is will ai be capable of critical thinking you know what what metrics will it use to assess health and fitness programs so uh imagine asking the following questions that you know are routine part of opex and you know other other ways of thinking so what are the pros, cons, and unknowns of keto, macro, vegan, you know, et cetera? Like, is that how it's going to answer the question? Is it going to say keto is the best? Is it just going to describe the keto diet without giving any evaluative stuff? Um, is it going to know that there's some deeper long-term connections to keto products inside of its answer? Yeah. You know, like, yeah, good question. By the way, this week's episode is brought to you by the uh, the keto bar <laughs> and uh, keto ice cream, Halo Top. We currently are chewing on it. Yes. Um, how will AI assess a nutrition program? Uh, you know, again, going back to that that Tufts example, and you know, even even within kind of the you know the smartest of the smart, you know, like a you know Matt Lalonde and Chris Masterjohn and Sarah Ballantyne, all of whom try to come up with these different like nutrient density frameworks. You know, like, there's general consensus. But there's also debate about like what should be where. Yeah. But like what micronutrient density, blood sugar balance, um, psychologically addictive, digestive health, inflammatory status, like yeah, sure. From a calorie perspective, uh, you know, you could say that uh you know, 150 calories of a donut is better than 400 calories of ground beef. But from a blood sugar perspective, uh, you know, I beg to differ. Uh, from a psychological addictive and inflammation and digestive health. So what metrics uh, would it would it use? So yeah, I, I guess any any thoughts here? not I mean, we we can't answer what metrics it would use, but like any any thoughts about like the issues and the problems that you get right back into, even if you ask these questions to chat GPT? Yeah, no, nothing more than that. Nothing more than it, you know, coming down to who the designer is that determines like, well, what is the pathway? What is good? What is right? What's ideal, et cetera. Um, and, you know, no, nothing more than I can just see 
everyone's searching to gain attention on what the right, you know, the, 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 the chat GPT that's going to give me the answer I want. So now we're right back into, uh, you know, the same consequences between one human to the other, right? Because that's what ended up happening in fitness over the past 20 years is that uh, a human would go searching for the coach that would give them the program they wanted, you know, where, where you know, there's been a lot of cases where, of course, humans went to people who didn't give them what they wanted and they struggled through what they needed and they got better, et cetera. But in most cases, um, which is fantastic, right? The freedom and liberties in the United States to be able to do that, you know, you can go and find what you want to do. So I can see us getting right back to that same point. No, nothing more than that, possibly in this particular area. Yeah. And I think, I think this is why fusion, chaos, massive information, no answer, you know, free for all you choose what's best for you. And then I'm, I'm very interested to see the political backgrounds when it's not a human, right? When it's not a human, you know, will humans be able to scrape through the stuff, um, you know, effectively because the computer's not being political. That's for, yeah, I just, it, we don't, I don't know. I don't know anyways, what that's going to look like. Computer meaning the example of the, you know, keto products in the back pocket of the computer. That's like, dee, 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 you know, knowing because the designer was like, don't forget, you know, just kind of throw in that little bar ad through this, you know, whatever it is, coach RX screen. You see what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. You having a busy day? We'll send you a box of 12 keto bars. <laughs> it just flies through your window broccoli uh, seeds just land on your porch i mean this is why and you know i've said this before and i i feel like we both discussed it on this podcast i i personally feel like philosophy is as relevant if not more relevant than it's ever been in history and i think for precisely this reason like i think I think critical thinking will become that much more important. Uh, and I think a lot of the things that you discussed about, you know, the negative downsides of this new technology, like sowing confusion, echo chambers being in one's own bubble will be true. But I think there are also, you know, one of the positives of things like uh, YouTube and other things is like very quick access to information and deep, you know, deep videos on, you know, if you want to learn something about functional immunology, okay, well, you can, you know, you can look that up. But it will still be, you're going to get faster and faster answers, but you're going to have to critically think about the nature of those answers. And chat GPT, at least as far as we can tell right now, does not traffic in values, like whether this information is is good or not good, or what should we do with it? And does this lead to a more virtuous life and things like that? Um, the question remains, right? We don't know what the, the designer is going to do with regards to the embedded values that they want to put into it. We don't know that, right? But I would agree with you that at this point, I mean, a computer is not going to be able to um, fall prey to that. But I I also agree, agree on your first point that, um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely, definitely inside that like march <laughs> of holding signs up saying that human critical thinking is still like really, really important today. Human critical thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Where you're going to have to have humans in the room, you know, making decisions on that. That's where, that's where maybe the, the injection of uh, values can be nefariously 
lead or can be, you know, promulgated towards something very positive. Right. I th- and I think, you know, along with what we were talking about with Kocher X before and, you know, perhaps even the evolution of OPEX, like what you get with technology is, you know, people are still going to need to search out OPEX or James Fitzgerald or Kocher X, like to know that those are the values worth pursuing or to think about. It's just that now with technology, you know, and I'm, I'm guessing you probably thought about this with, you know, the creation of CCP and OPEX, like it's not just limited to like Alberta, Canada. Now it's like, oh, other people can get in on this. And now there is going to be a greater degree of, you know, with this new technology of being able to access things. But as you said, it's going to come up with um, potential drawbacks, but people are still going to need to know in order to get that, that, you know, single answer you were talking about from Coach Rx about like, you know, no ground beef. No, not, not a, not a CrossFit workout that that's the thing worth pursuing. That's the value worth pursuing. And that's, going to be something that does require some form of autonomy some sort of value seeking that can't just be like spit out mm-hmm. so yeah yeah even though it'll be attempted to be spit out right, right. Yeah. so yeah connected with that will ai just present facts or will it traffic and values and well as well can it uh suss out the best values worth pursuing can it weigh competing values so you know if we ask what is vitality Um, you know, I'm sure it could give a biology science book definition, Mm -hmm. but is it giving the definition related to the human journey of 80 years of, you know, being able to stand up when you're 80 years old and, um, and then I just think about that for my capital V version of vitality. Um, I didn't know this, but, and I, I didn't, you know, purposely, you know, plan out that conversation to come to the front. Um, I just kept like mulling over, well, what do I mean by this concept of the ideal for most people? Right. And I, and I dug into that long and hard and of course, Vitalico. And here I am today now looking around indirectly YouTube and Apple and everyone's sending me podcasts and information on people, you know, defining what vitality is, what vitalism is and what, what it means. And, how people are now using it as a, like a base support for something that they're defining vitality as. So the whole point being is that again, asking chat GPT, what is vitality, man, there's a lot of actually dark corners in, in the definition of vitality that could come up in chat GPT, you know? Um, so again, it just reiterates the point that, you know, it comes back to who's going to define what those, you know, what the, what the truest definition for today is of that, of that uh, thing, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's part of it, but it's also going to be like the end user responsibility too. Like, you know what I mean? Like just oh, yeah. the same Google decides like which links show up at the, as the top 10, like it is the end user responsibility to do critical reflection on it. Like we both and other people came out of that. Oh yeah. Performance and disease. And like, that was the model and that's what you learn from. And then yeah. you do some reflecting on it. Like, Oh yeah. Well, shoot. That's, that's not quite the the right, the right way. And you know, what if you ask chat GPT that and it's like, well, here's all the PubMed stuff that says that these biomarkers improve after eight weeks of this uh, high intensity intervention and you know, the way protein shake, but then, so it's provided that answer now more quickly, but then the deeper question is, well, why do I care about an eight week intervention 
and what you know what do i care about the uh the way pro you know what i mean like in the yeah. context of vitality and what's worth pursuing yeah 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 we i mean i agree with you we're gonna have to leave it up to to humans to make that decision um but i still you i think i think at the same time you could still hold that in your hand meaning the idea that it's still gonna it's still gonna spit out i mean on the search engine result is still going to spit out a number one, right? I'm sure there's a million answers, but there is a number one. And most humans will be like, oh, geez, you know, that is the answer to vaccines, right? There, there it is, you know, depending upon your search history or the platform that you're on or et cetera, you know, it's, yeah. Right. Which will be interesting to see again, like, will there be, will chat GPT be the equivalent of Google where really no one uses Bing or, you know what I mean? AltaVista or, you know what I mean? Like, or will there be competing, things and will they all say the same thing and yeah uh, for sure that's what i asked earlier right seven versions of chat gpt and people hustling to find each spot to give them the answers to what they want to get right people getting on duck duck go so that they they can get into a right-wing conspiracy corner for an example right oh i can have this conversation over here oh did you ever think about the actual conversation you want to have <laughs> not the fact that you don't want people watching you having that conversation you know what i'm saying so it's like you're just going to go maybe possibly over time searching, bring it back to fitness, searching for what the best chat GPT gives you as to what you want, not necessarily the rank order as to what is the best, you know, fitness program for Robbie specifically. Right. And you can imagine a world where maybe chat GPT could answer the question, what is the best health and fitness program for vitality? Although, as you mentioned, there could be many problematic answers to that. But then if you ask the question differently, chat GPT, should my health and program health and fitness program focus on vitality? What's the response going to be back there? That's, that's a different thing. Yep. Can it adjudicate between hypertrophy yep. uh, not, from a value perspective, not yeah. from a fact yeah. perspective, uh -huh. um, you know, competitive, you know, Ironman racing and vitality. Could it, you know, who is to say on a values perspective, whether performance or vitality is better just from a chat GPT perspective. So that, that is where I yeah. think, uh, you know, human thinking, critical thinking, philosophy, all that stuff is still going to be just as relevant, if not more relevant than ever. You're just going to get quicker, somewhat fact-based answers that you're going to be able to then do the philosophy on. Uh, it's just going to come more quickly. And that doesn't give me hope because if we're going to leave it up to humans to philosophize, I don't have much hope. being honest yeah well yeah it's been that way since socrates james <laughs> now we just have chat gpt to uh yeah i mean maybe that's a meta point right it's like leave it up to chat gpt to philosophize over the answers that that chat gpt is giving i don't know yeah. right you know yeah the best fitness program okay <laughs> Give me a philosophical framework understanding as to how you got to that answer. Okay. Give me, you know, it's like. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's where the, you know, that's, that's the, uh, the tricky part about autonomy, right? It uh -huh. has to be freely chosen and can't be, uh, um, well, maybe there'll be a pill. Maybe, maybe, maybe CRISPR will make it so that we uh, all become some. Yeah. Versions. Yeah. That's the next talk actually at CAI. We get uh, one of the lead researchers on that. In, uh, CRISPR information from 2013 or something, 2014. He's coming to speak on it. 
So I'm really interested in that. Um, and of course, you do bring up my most recent reading of autonomous knowledge. My big aha moments are that itself, right? Like, where is that knowledge coming from? I, I'm just learning so much based upon that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, I think, yeah, that that general point of that that book being like, there's there's only, you know, autonomy plays a very important role. It, it can't just be, you know, spoon fed, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we've already touched on this a bit, but, um, you know, what about contradictory opinions and forbidden questions? So, you know, are Cheerios heart healthy? Yeah. Right. That, that's what they say on the box, of course. But, you know, should grains and carbohydrates really be the foundation of what we should um, eat? Uh, will going vegan be the best um, be the best route to health? I yeah, this this is really where I think. um Yeah, I, I just, and again, I, I could be wrong, you know, history is littered with predictions that don't turn out, but I, I have a hard time seeing how chat GPT is going to be able to answer these types of questions in a helpful manner without some form of critical, critical thinking. Yeah. 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 Again, I, yeah, kind of. Yeah, I'm left wondering, and that's all we can do, I guess, is wonder what that's going to be like for people to give that answer. I, I kind of, I kind of had a little bit of a spark of hope inside of my my idea, or, or something that probably won't happen, but I'd like to see maybe happen is people setting those things up, which I know that Coach Rx is involved in that for the for the exercise idea. Uh, we certainly don't want to have just people open up Coach Rx and it just be lift rocks and walk, you know, walk outdoors. Um, and also we don't have more complexities inside of that because we just want people staying on the platform. Uh, no, what we think the answer would be inside of it is to, is to transcend and include something like Cheerios, meaning like is Cheerios, you know, uh, you know, going to prevent uh, heart disease. And we just want to jump over the concept that it's got nothing to connect it to heart disease whatsoever. So is Cheerios a part of your program? Yeah, it is a part of your program, but it's a stepwise progression towards something that's going to be what we consider to be the healthiest for you. So is Cheerios like we're calling it step two out of step seven? Yeah, we think it is. There is a place for that. Is it going to, you know, solve your heart disease? Well, indirectly, yes, it does because you did it for nine months. Right. Um, and because it got you out of, let's call it fruit loops, you know, but it was a stepwise progression towards something that, you know, and then we went to, Almond milk or, you know, listen, I don't have any say in almond milk, although that is the product sponsor outside of the keto bars for today. Um, you know, that's the next place you went. Right. Um, and then it, you see what I'm saying? So there could be some little spark of hope inside of that. If the designers have this progression uh, as opposed to this uh, absolute answer right away, you know, maybe yeah. the machine decides that. Maybe. And I mean, I think this brings up a really good point related to everything we've been discussing about, like some things for some things, there is a very clear, direct, like, you know, just one answer solution. And then for other things, it's more about providing context and progression. And so, yeah. you know, uh, I saw a video the other day on YouTube where Marquise Brownlee, who's a famous uh, tech reviewer, he was reviewing, you know, all the different voice assistants and they asked, uh, how tall is uh, President Obama? Okay, so that, that's like that's like a one answer thing, right? Like yeah. he, you know, it's either you know six one or six two or what, whatever it was, right? 
Um, but there are other things either related to values or to health or nutrition where it admits of a, a context or a stepwise progression or something where like part of what you lose in looking for the answer from chat GPT is the fact that um, it's, it's, it's similar to when a coach, when a client asks me right now, like, you know, our overnights oats healthy. Well, if it's getting you away from egg McMuffins, sure. Yeah. It's a great, great step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that the only thing you should be having for breakfast every morning? Uh, it's a step in the, you know, it's a step in the direction. Maybe, yeah. maybe we had right now it is. Yeah. Um, but like it's, it's, but there isn't a, um, there isn't a one size fits all answer to that question. It depends on the person, the context, do they like it, do they not like it? And I think that that's a relevant point for health and fitness is that chat GPT for certain things will be able to answer certain questions with a single answer, but then there are lots of other things that health and fitness that don't admit of a single answer and depend on your values and, you know, what it is you want to pursue and why you want to pursue it, um, where it, it involves a bit more nuance and progression than chat GPT could provide. So, yep. Yep. Yeah. If you want to take a thought experiment for anyone to do that, just do it with, um, smoking cessation programs, right? It'd be very easy for chat GPT to be like, well, you know, we just want to give you the truth is like, it's going to give you lung cancer and it's horrible, you know? So what's our, what's the best answer Just stop, you know, but, you know, actually based upon a lot of research, stopping right away doesn't result in better health outcomes over time. Right. But a quote unquote gradient stepwise smoking cessation program that includes cognitive behavioral therapy, weaning off of nicotine in different ways, newest technologies as behavioral implementations, you know, that's actually the best way. So that's actually what they're going to give as the answer, chat GPT will. So you can maybe parallel that to, to the similar nutrition story and maybe, you know, chat GPT will have access to something like that, you know, that says, well, you are here right now. Uh, you know, we are going to quote unquote, lay it on the line for you and say what's best. I eat to my point, I, example, I use like lettuce, right? <laughs> lettuce, but you're here. So this is the direction you need to go, which includes your point, right? Overnight oats. Yeah. Right now. It's fantastic. Even chat GPT may answer that. Right. right. But it still leaves us up to saying, well, if that's just the a part of the pathway, does the human get access to the answer right away? You know, in that particular area, you know, we could use something also like what's the best protein for me. That's another interesting thought experiment, right? As to what chat GPT would answer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think another thing that I just thought of, as you were saying that, that's, that's helpful. And I think most coaches were probably listening to this. I've had this experience, you know, you could try to lead two different clients, let's say to the same endpoint, let's say uh, pulling back on drinking or uh, incorporating more protein into their diet. But one client is going to respond really well to this way of going about it, Mm -hmm. such and such way of going about it. And the other client is going to respond much better to another way of going about it. And like, I I was thinking about that because of what you were saying with smoking cessation, like, why do we have, why is there hypnosis? Why is there the patch? Why is there chewing gum? Like, why are all these different modalities? Like there's almost, you know, I would venture to say uh, very few people that aren't intellectually aware that smoking is a bad thing for them. So they know, they know they're losing money. Yeah, There are all these alternatives to get out of it and yet they're doing it. So mm-hmm. why? Well, because it's, it's addictive and it's hard and 
different things work for different people. So I think it's, it's important to keep in mind there that even if you're leading people towards a particular goal and there's a best way that tends to work overall, um, there are different ways that tend to work for different people. And in any, in any human nutrition study or fitness study, there's always going to be the, well, this was the average and these people saw very little benefit and these people saw a lot more benefit. So tailoring it to that, uh, that individual in what ways work best for them, I guess. Yeah. Yep. And bring to bring, you know, my daughters and I just had the, <laughs> the 2023 version of the just say no to drugs conversation the other day, in, but we connected, you know, smoking, um, to your point, like actually it was, it was a consensus actually amongst like professionals, politicians, the medical profession that smoking was fine. Right. Even at the same time in the 1950s, that we we did actually know it was unhealthy, but it was the consensus that it was fine, right? So I, I started there with regards to smoking, smoking anything, right? So it made them think about, okay, well, you know, is it uh, a sin, you know, to do it? It's like, no, that's that's not the approach you want to take based upon it being good or bad. It's like, well, what what have we learned from just smoking in general? You know, and then you could start dealing with the consequences of doing that. And then, of course, you bring in the personal stories. They got stuck on that one. They're like, Dad, really? You know, it's like, oh, man, I shouldn't have even went that angle. But I got to be honest with them on that. Sorry to go down that lane, but it it, it does. Uh-huh. Just imagine, just imagine, you know, that answer being given from a computer, right? You, 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 you know, you have to take into consideration this is a 16-year-old and a 14-year-old. Right. You know, all, all the things that have to go into the quote unquote truth behind the answer to, you know, is smoking bad? Because the question was, you know, you know, why do people still do it? Which is a real good question. Right. You know, from that mind, think about the young mind. Right. It's like that's a good question. I can see why you find that fascinating. Right. Um, anyways. No, that's a really good point. And I mean, you know, think about, you know, it, it's not always going to be effective and it'll depend on the context and the situation. But think about which answer would be more effective, like what you just described and parental personal experience and how should we think about what we put into our bodies and it's not a matter of morality versus chat GPT just saying, yes, smoking is unhealthy. Yeah. Which is actually going to like have more effect on a young mind than, than the other. I would venture to say the first one is probably going to have much more. And that's why I want, I guess all of us and me, myself included to, to use those extreme conditions, right. As smoking, but then now just enter into the uncomfortable area of these habitual things we have around processed food. You know, it's, it's not as stringent, you know what I'm saying? But it, but it's like, well, you know, do you want to get to the point where chat GPT is like, just shut up and eat lettuce. You know, <laughs> that's what I want. I actually want my hand, my actual hand coming out of the machine to be like broccoli. <laughs> and as it hits you, it acts or shocks you from holding the phone vibrates like vibrates with a, with a serious amount of contractions that are actually the amount of Hertz that were connected to the interplater twitch technique that I actually used with people in the nineties. Um, with that shock, uh, somehow this language of broccoli will come out and you're like, afterwards you're like, why do I like broccoli so much right now? I'm not really sure, but that was the answer you got from chat GPT. I like that. Yeah, where the hand comes out to slap. You see, you seem to vacillate back and forth between the uh, the stepwise fashion and the uh, OPEX North Korea through the uh, phone. Yes, yes. <laughs> I uh, well, th- this is that's my brain. 
<laughs> I want to get, listen, I'm going to be 50 soon. I want to get to the answers <laughs> quicker. Yeah. <laughs> the stepwise is long. <laughs> Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Cheerios will be okay. Part of the stepwise progression. And then Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday will be, be broccoli, bitch. Just <laughs> right across the face. <laughs> Wait, what? You even get a, you even get a little shock without getting a shock. Right. Uh, and then maybe kind of the the last question we we touched on this a little bit before, but just something to to think about. Um, you know, big companies are the ones developing AI currently because, as far as I understand it, and I'm not an expert, but you know, they need access to large computational power, large data sets. This ties into centralization of power and who is the decider, yep. and you know, Apple having influence over the you know fitness plus industry and Amazon and Alexa and chat GPT. And, you know, this has all sorts of implications for society in general, but like I was mentioning earlier, being healthy and fit was a birthright. Like everything about it yeah. uh, was, was a birthright. And what are the implications now for it? And part of the reason it's, it's not a birthright anymore. It, it is, but it's it's more complicated now is something we've alluded to in the past. We didn't, <laughs> we are both the ones that created this environment, but yet we didn't. Like you and I didn't, but like successive generations did. And like, if someone wanted to just live, you know, naked and go to the bathroom outside, like all our ancestors didn't look up at the stars. Like you couldn't even do that now if you wanted to. So like, we don't even have the choice to do those things that like we so we can do some of them, right? We can do walking. We can, to a certain extent, hunt, depending on where we are, though, you know, it depends. But like a lot of that birthright has essentially been taken away by the modern environment. And now people do need to ask because the environment doesn't force it upon us to do what is healthiest for us. What should I be doing given the fact that I live in a concrete jungle and I see the sun for five minutes a day? Um, so it's this tricky thing where what should be our birthright and requires no subscription fee requires no, you know, computational knowledge is now going to be gate kept for lack of a better word. I'm not even sure if that's a verb. I know gatekeepers are now, but mm -hmm. uh, by these different, different companies. So uh, many, any thoughts there? Yeah. Well uh, I did. Well, my brain always goes to more scorched earth, prophecies in this scenario as opposed to like you know i would expect nothing less <laughs> i would expect nothing uh, less James. but i did pause to think about what we what some people do consider though is the actual cost of the energy of increased computation you know it's something we do need to pause about right i'm talking about where does where does energy come from to power the computers for an increase in computation right that, that i don't want to get what's that Humans plugged into the matrix were batteries. Yeah, but I mean, it, you, you you can't enter that road. But I just thought, especially in today's day and age, right, where everyone wants to throw out all these uh, all these ideas, and uh, you know, it's either scare thinking or prophecies of optimism or something else, right, in regards to energy. But at least that's something to think about. So it, it actually is going to still require energy you know, for that, for the computation power, that's something, you know, we got into that with crypto, right? It took, took people like, I don't know, two weeks to be like, it's going to be a lot of energy to kind of, you know, to kind of mine this system. Right. 
Um, and they kind of good, good on them though, but they kind of kept that like pushed down as far as possible for as long as possible. Um, anyways, that can get you into some conspiracy theory thoughts in terms of the ending of it and the power and blah, 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 but don't go there or do if you wish. Um, I also think that, uh, you know, I also think about the, how it's possible that to use your example, the, 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 uh, the two ends of the spectrum, right? Take the take the concrete jungle five minutes of sunshine individual, and take the let's call it, you know, just a, just the other angle, and say how do we raise all? How do we raise all? Right? I would say you know the other angle. If I'm not being clear on it, is is the farmer, you know, making his own meals, building his family in a small community in Montana getting sunshine, dealing with the, you know what I'm saying? Like his nails are all, you know, dirty and calluses, et cetera. I just want you to give you an example, right? Of like, who are we to determine what vitality is in that realistic current modern model, right? Who are we, who are we to determine that? So that's why I'm saying it's possible here that the answers that chat GPT will give will not be just move to the farm because that's how you're going to get whatever we consider vitality today. It's taking a realistic perspective and saying, Oh, you live on the 35th floor. This is your job. This is what, you know, you know, back to your point of your birthright is this, right? So maybe technology is in place possibly for today to give that, uh, concrete jungle dweller, uh, CJD known from here forward in our language. Um, I'm just doing a philosophical play here because they also do those little interjections of, of words of CJD here forward. The CJD is um, is going to use chat GPT and new forms of technology to give them as much of an experience as to what the farmer's getting as possible. Yeah. So how do how do you and I not know that you know, you're not going to be able to hold your phone over your forearm and get specific kind of rays that are beneficial to to the proliferation of um, immune system strengthening that you get from specific rays that come from the sun. Like you and I don't know that, right? Yeah. But it happens in a concrete jungle, right? And then you could just take that example and like a 40 other examples, right? Are we, I'm not comfortable about it, but some people are. Are you comfortable with, you know, um, Rosie the Rocket pulling uh, pulling a, a a thing of gob gobbledygook that was engineered food that is very very similar, very very similar, very low energy cost, you know, very very similar, and you don't even want to know how it was made, but it, it, it the outcomes are that the data has shown it's healthy. It's just like the cow's milk from the farmer. You see what I'm saying? So. That's right. I would hope that that's what uh, technology would provide in that realistic proposition in the end. Yeah. And I, I would tend to agree with that. Although, yeah, side note, I'm going to just, you know, the rest of the day, I'm just going to be taking my phone and just like scanning it in front of my face. <laughs> People are like, why are you moving it back and forth? Shouldn't you just be like holding a place don't, and be like, don't call me back with a melanoma scare. Don't call me yeah. back with a weird mole on your right yeah. forehead. Probably right. Well, it, it it's blue light, right? So it should it should be should be beneficial, but uh, <clears throat> or at least during the daytime, before um, six p.m. Right before six p.m. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, increasingly, and, and I know we've discussed this before, but I, I do kind of have those similar thoughts about like 
you know, we act like, well, you know, a, a treadmill these days is absurd. And like, you know, why, why do we have dumbbells? Like you can just lift rocks. It's like, well, take the person that was born in New York city. They didn't decide to be born in New York city. Yeah. You could move to Montana, but like your family's there and uh, like, no one, no one chose, this is the, this is the whole moral luck part of philosophy, right? That applies to this. No one chose to be born into this current society that we're in. It used to be 2000 plus years ago that the environment forced us to learn these things about how to hunt or source water or go to the bathroom properly or run properly. And now the environment doesn't. So we need to like, and sometimes our parents don't teach us. So we need to like, A, seek out this information either a via Google or, you know, CoachRx or ChatGPT or what have you. And then like you were saying, yeah, well, you're not going to move to Montana. So we got to get you a walking treadmill or walk outside. We got to get you dumbbells because you don't have access to rocks. They're a bunch of buildings that impair your access to sunlight. So use the app, you know, Dminder or whatever. So you can get the right angle of it. You know what I mean? Like yep. this yep. stuff does seem absurd on one, you know, like it is kind of absurd, but it's also like none of us chose to, be here yeah. in this environment that we ourselves created and made it so that this is no longer our birthright and what we are automatically taught by the environment. So in that context, if we want to maintain some semblance of biological fitness, we have to adopt these kind of in-betweener semi-absurd practices. Yep. Yep. And talk technology is going to allow us to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And how we're getting, connecting those points is that we're connecting technology as Chat GPT is giving you the answer that says walk on the treadmill, visualize these things, listen to this podcast, and and it put these glasses on. At the same time, you have a lamp on you that's overhead that the Chat GPT gave you answer for the bulb that you should buy. That's giving you the right kind of light that's going to you know be on your skin because your t-shirt's off because no one's watching you and it doesn't matter and it's not in the class, but it's giving you the right kind of formulation of the you know hydroxy D shit underneath your skin that's leading to production of these immunoglobulins that predict you know this is like you know but that all that answer came from chat gpt right right but, but the the fascinating thing i still find inside of that is that which i yeah i have to contemplate a little bit more is that uh is is the access will the will the person though have access to the knowledge of what is ideal you know what I'm saying? Because ideal is different than than real, you know, in this particular situation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So will will they, you know, like for example, will Chat GPT say, Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a visualization scenario on your glasses when you're on your treadmill. And it's gonna be a, a long road in Montana with birds chirping and you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. so then the person will be like, Well, why why is it Montana? It's like, well, that's the ideal. So I'm I'm more interested in that. What do we still consider the ideal with regards to it? Right. And then yeah, no, I, and the morality you know. ideal area for chat GPT answers is far more interesting. <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. And then I mean that that whole stepwise progression idea and like you know, like, like you said, we, we could say, well, yeah, for the person in New York city, we've got the, you know, the, the walking treadmill and the dumbbells, but like, Hey, when you can like get outside, walk around the city, go into central park, uh, that, that type stuff, that is, that is the more, uh, yeah, that is the more ideal thing. And, you know, can chat GPT give that, that spectrum or that continuum of progressions? 
Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, I just think about all these, uh, sexual, uh, without using a, I don't know, another term growths and feelings in me as a young teenage boy, you know, and asking chat GPT an answer and an outcome to those feelings. Right. Oh, yeah. You know, cause I mean, if you think about it, if I, well, if I had only to go on the things that I knew or the things that I knew were right and wrong with these feelings, you know, well, you're, I think you're in that age bracket too. Yeah. Uh, there was a number of, uh, emotional connections to those based upon what we had access to that we, you know, gave us an answer in our own brain, what those feelings were and what we should do about those feelings, you know? And so that's why I think the, the uh, more interesting observer position is to see what chat GPT will answer in the future to that young 14 year old James Fitzgerald in 2039 is like, mm -hmm. I have all these feelings what should I do? You know, I, I know what the ideal answer should be. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, yeah. but inside of that, there is some humor to it, but there's some seriousness. It's not going to be based upon values. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, well, how do we, <laughs> we create a gradient progression <laughs> uh, of dealing with none, those. None of the hard oh. stuff until. Uh... <laughs> I mean, it's the same thing parents had to deal with, with, uh, you know, I mean, I guess about a generation ago now, but like, you know, kids in the mid nineties growing up with, uh, the internet and oh, yeah, search totally. that's why I gave the smoking one, yeah. right? It's like th that, that teenage to adult conversation around those things is a really, is a really interesting insight into what chat GPT, if they replaced the parent would answer that. Yeah. I'm not going to get that progression thing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, do you realize that like, first of all, the, the the amount of data that in the future these machines will need to like generate you and me digitally will be less and less, but do you realize through the, what is it now? At least a hundred hours plus of like words we've both used, <laughs> like anything it wants to generate. Sexual oh, yeah. as a teenager, oh, like totally. broccoli bitch. Like all, totally, all totally. Um, we're just lucky that the computer will never get our, well, probably not yours as much, but they have numerous pieces of data of me with very minimal amount of clothing. So I'll let all of our listeners think about what a computer can do with that in the future with deep fakes and, uh, yeah. and whatever it wants to do. <laughs> Are you saying that there's going to be a subcategory of James Fitzgerald stuff? Oh, I want everyone remembering that your digital footprint from everyone born from 2010 onward, whether you like it or not, you know, little baby photos, you know, uh, two years of age, like, you know, for, you know, playing in the backyard when you're seven, like very easily accessible to seem in a more darker light that we'll finish on, but very easily accessible. Um, and then it comes down to, again, what you want the computer to say about that particular thing i mean i i just heard more recently a really really sad unfortunate story of this well-known uh professional actress that um had her information stolen and then was placed inside of a deep fake porn situation um a really harrowing unfortunate situation um that again it's the super dark side of that but the, imagine the accessibility and access to a computer to be able to do that over time you know, just yeah. with a couple, you know, it's like, that's the, yeah, that's some of the, 
again, that's some of the, the darker side of it on the other side of that optimistic outlook as to what it can do to help us. Right. So it's, it's weighing these things out, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, although I do think Brandon will now get on the project of trying to make you a, a subcategory on some illicit <laughs> website <laughs> based on the <laughs> images you just. Yeah. You can them. imagine what the clapping James would do on those yeah. uh, websites. Someone can put in James tokens and get <laughs> do whatever they want. <laughs> well, you know, my my capitalistic self, <laughs> if if uh, Brandon wants to get a hold of me to connect to some indirect way of uh, yeah of crypto value increasing on my stocks, then by all means, yeah, James OnlyFans, but uh, it's <laughs> it's with a deep fake of James. <laughs> oh, everyone! Well, everyone quickly got to that conclusion. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. That was a, uh, that was a good one. I really, I really like that. Um, just to wrap up, we, we, you know, went back through some of the uh, artificial intelligence and philosophy stuff, talked about, you know, what the goal of artificial intelligence has been, which is essentially currently, although it may be beyond this to mimic human responses in a way in which a human could uh, not be able to distinguish. We talked about where things sit and like, we're here right now. Like we, we are at like the crux of the moment. Like the next 10 years are probably going to be pretty damn crazy for, for, for AI. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see if it's the hockey yep. stick or if it peters yep. out. But, but the probability of the next 10 years being that point is, is, is undoubtable. Yeah. Totally agree. And then, yeah, just, you know, again, we, we can't know for certain exactly what the answers to these questions will be, but just discussion around like, what would chat GPT or some other sufficiently similar program answer? Can it adjudicate between values? Are there forbidden questions? What are the implications of the fact that something that used to be our birthright now has, you know, gatekeepers? And and what does that mean, you know, for tech overlords that, uh, you know, are going to choose what sort of information we we get to and and what we don't? And what would be the implications of, you know, getting the best fitness or nutrition routine for you, but for you just reduces to your HRV at that moment and your heart rate and your respiratory rate without anything surrounding your values and your upbringing and, and things like that. So, yeah. And our hope is they'll, they'll turn into philosopher Kings, but we got to remember, well, who's the King or who's the, you know, yeah. Is this philosopher King? We're talking about uh, all the information that we've come to all agree upon. That's just out there that, a computer can disseminate and be like, well, we scoured it all, you know? Yeah, I would agree that that's what we're looking for is that philosopher king inside of chat GPT, what you call human, what you call critical thinking of a computer. Um, and I still think that that doesn't, uh, that doesn't negate the fact of the importance still of having human critical thinking in that, you know, because we're contributing to that, you know, by us even having this conversation and others were contributing to at least that information that maybe a future computer can disseminate and say, oh, we did pick up on the fact that James said numerous times there actually is an answer and it just needs to be scraped. Right. So there's, there's hope for that. Yeah. Yeah. And that actually, uh, two things there. One is you are going to get to be the philosopher king of coach RX like that, that. That's literally, yeah, you, you, you will get to be that where there is the one answer. And actually, I thought about this as a future episode, but actually, and now I think about it and, you know, we'll, we'll save this for a different episode, but just something 
to leave people with for a potential future episode, but also the problems with chat GPT and um, sometimes philosophy in general. I was thinking about doing an episode on the concept of legacy. And so chat GPT scours all the data on James and comes up with the best James program. But which, which James are we talking about now? That's right. And this is, this is a problem even with, with, with Kant, you know, people, you know, some Kantians think like the critique of pure reason, like that's the greatest and everything after is like drivel. And other people think like he does his best work at the, at the end. Mm -hmm. Uh, So like, again, this, this critical thinking and attaching values, like uh, it's probably going to be a ways off before chat GPT can adjudicate between uh, 1995 James and 2023. Do you know what I mean? Yep. And like the progression. Uh Uh-huh. So that that that's important too. Like how someone's thoughts develop over time. Like I can see the text about what you've written, and what if it just tries to mash it all together, and it's just a beige mishmash because it doesn't sense that there's a progression there. Yeah, and again, who determines how to do the mashing? Right. You know? So, so yeah, just just a a final thought there on an episode I had thought of that I think uh, is also a problem for any AI thing. It's like, yeah, you can go scour the internet, but like. Where do you know that it's a progression? Do you think it's a regression? And how do you mash those things together? So. Yeah. So it's been a great review today for that particular point I made on our AI uh, fitness and philosophy podcast last time. Part one was um, that similar dynamic that is, is is inside the brain of you know the intelligent design area. You know of like well who you know it depends upon who the designer is. That's what it essentially comes down to the discussion of who the designer is of that. Right. And that brings us back to the technology thing, which I I'm thankfully leaving with more things to think about on that. So thanks. Yeah. Thank you.